Section 1 of The Lady of the Lake. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. The Lady of the Lake by Sir Walter Scott. Canto First The Chase harp of the north that mouldering long hast hung on the witch-elm that shades st philan's spring and down the fitful breeze thy numbers flung till envious ivy did around thee cling muffling with verdant ringlet every string o minstrel harp still must thine accents sleep mid rustling leaves and fountains murmuring still must thy sweeter sounds their silence keep nor bid a warrior smile nor teach a maid to weep not thus in ancient days of caledon was thy voice mute amid the festal crowd when lay of hopeless love or glory won aroused the fearful or subdued the proud at each according pause was heard aloud thine ardent symphony sublime and high fair dames and crested chiefs attention bowed for still the burden of thy minstrelsy was knighthood's dauntless deed and beauty's matchless eye awake once more how rude soe'er the hand that ventures o'er thy magic maze to stray awake once more though scarce my skill command some feeble echoing of thine earlier lay though harsh and faint and soon to die away and all unworthy of thy nobler strain yet if one heart throb higher at its sway the wizard note has not been touched in vain then silent be no more enchantress wake again one the stag at eve had drunk his fill where danced the moon on monan's rill and deep his midnight lair had made in lone glenartney's hazel shade but when the sun his beacon red had kindled on benvorlik's head the deep-mouthed bloodhound's heavy bay resounded up the rocky way and faint from farther distance borne were heard the clanging hoof and horn two as chief who hears his warder call to arms the foemen storm the wall the antlered monarch of the waste sprung from his heathery couch in haste but ere his fleet career he took the dewdrops from his flanks he shook like crested leader proud and high tossed his beamed frontlet to the sky a moment gazed adown the dale a moment snuffed the tainted gale a moment listened to the cry that thickened as the chase drew nigh then as the headmost foes appeared with one brave bound the copse he cleared and stretching forward free and far sought the wild heaths of uamvar yelled on the view the opening pack rock glen and cavern paid them back 
to many a mingled sound at once the awakened mountain gave response a hundred dogs bayed deep and strong clattered a hundred steeds along their peal the merry horns rung out a hundred voices joined the shout with hark and whoop and wild halloo no rest ben varlick's echoes knew far from the tumult fled the roe close in her covert cowered the doe the falcon from her cairn on high cast on the rout a wondering eye till far beyond her piercing ken the hurricane had swept the glen faint and more faint its failing din returned from cavern cliff and linn and silence settled wide and still on the lone wood and mighty hill four less loud the sounds of sylvan war disturbed the heights of uambar and roused the cavern where tis told a giant made his den of old for ere that steep ascent was won high in his pathway hung the sun and many a gallant stayed perforce was fain to breathe his faltering horse and of the trackers of the deer scarce half the lessening pack was near so shrewdly on the mountain side had the bold burst their metal tried five the noble stag was pausing now upon the mountain's southern brow where broad extended far beneath the varied realms of fair menteith with anxious eye he wandered o'er mountain and meadow moss and moor and pondered refuge from his toil by far lochard or aberfoyle but nearer was the copsewood grey that waved and wept on loch achray and mingled with the pine trees blue on the bold cliffs of benvenue fresh vigour with the hope returned with flying foot the heath he spurned held westward with unwearied race and left behind the panting chase six twere long to tell what steeds gave o'er as swept the hunt through cambusmore what reins were tightened in despair when rose ben Ledi's ridge in air who flagged upon bowcastle's heath who shunned to stem the flooded teeth for twice that day from shore to shore the gallant stag swam stoutly o'er few were the stragglers following far that reached the lake of venachar and when the brig of turk was won the headmost horseman rode alone seven alone but with unbated zeal that horseman plied the scourge and steel for jaded now and spent with toil embossed with foam and dark with soil while every gasp with sobs he drew the labouring stag strained full in view two dogs of black st hubert's breed unmatched for courage breath and speed fast on his flying traces came and all but won that desperate game for scarce a spear's length from his haunch vindictive toiled the bloodhound's staunch 
nor nearer might the dogs attain nor farther might the quarry strain thus up the margin of the lake between the precipice and break or stock and rock their race they take eight the hunter marked that mountain high the lone lake's western boundary and deemed the stag must turn to bay where that huge rampart barred the way already glorying in the prize measured the antlers with his eyes for the death wound and death halloo mustered his breath his whinyard drew but thundering as he came prepared with ready arm and weapon bared the wily quarry shunned the shock and turned him from the opposing rock then dashing down a darksome glen soon lost to hound and hunter's ken in the deep trossach's wildest nook his solitary refuge took there while close couched the thicket shed cold dews and wild flowers on his head he heard the baffled dogs in vain rave through the hollow pass amain chiding the rocks that yelled again nine close on the hounds the hunter came to cheer them on the vanished game but stumbling in the rugged dell the gallant horse exhausted fell the impatient rider strove in vain to rouse him with the spur and rein for the good steed his labours o'er stretched his stiff limbs to rise no more then touched with pity and remorse he sorrowed o'er the expiring horse i little thought when first thy rein i slacked upon the banks of seine that highland eagle e'er should feed on thy fleet limbs my matchless steed woe worth the chase woe worth the day that costs thy life my gallant grey ten then through the dell his horn resounds from vain pursuit to call the hounds back limped with slow and crippled pace the sulky leaders of the chase close to their master's side they pressed with drooping tail and humbled crest but still the dingle's hollow throat prolonged the swelling bugle note the owlets started from their dream the eagles answered with their scream round and around the sounds were cast till echo seemed an answering blast and on the hunter tried his way to join some comrades of the day yet often paused so strange the road so wondrous were the scenes it showed eleven the western waves of ebbing day rolled o'er the glen their level way each purple peak each flinty spire was bathed in floods of living fire but not a setting beam could glow within the dark ravines below where twined the path in shadow hid round many a rocky pyramid shooting abruptly from the dell its thunder splintered pinnacle round many an insulated mass the native bulwarks of the pass huge as the tower which builders vain presumptuous piled on shinar's plain the rocky summits split and rent formed turret dome or battlement or seemed fantastically set with cupola or minaret 
wild crests as pagod ever decked or mosque of eastern architect nor were these earth-born castles bare nor lacked they many a banner fair for from their shivered brows displayed far o'er the unfathomable glade all twinkling with the dew-drop sheen the briar-rose fell in streamers green kind creeping shrubs of thousand dyes waved in the west wind's summer sighs twelve boon nature scattered free and wild each plant or flower the mountain's child here eglantine embalmed the air hawthorn and hazel mingled there the primrose pale and violet flower found in each cliff a narrow bower foxglove and nightshade side by side emblems of punishment and pride grouped their dark hues with every stain the weather-beaten crags retain with boughs that quaked at every breath gray birch and aspen wept beneath aloft the ash and warrior oak cast anchor in the rifted rock and higher yet the pine-tree hung his shattered trunk and frequent flung where seemed the cliffs to meet on high his boughs athwart the narrowed sky highest of all where white peaks glanced where glistening streamers waved and danced the wanderer's eye could barely view the summer heaven's delicious blue so wondrous wild the whole might seem the scenery of a fairy dream thirteen onward amid the copse gan peep a narrow inlet still and deep affording scarce such breadth of brim as served the wild duck's brood to swim lost for a space through thickets veering but broader when again appearing tall rocks and tufted knolls their face could on the dark blue mirror trace and farther as the hunter strayed still broader sweep its channels made the shaggy mounds no longer stood emerging from entangled wood but wave encircled seemed to float like castle girdled with its moat yet broader floods extending still divide them from their parent hill till each retiring claims to be an islet in an inland sea. 14. And now, to issue from the glen, no pathway meets the wanderer's ken, unless he climb with footing nice a far-projecting precipice. The broom's tough roots his ladder made, the hazel saplings lent their aid, and thus an airy point he won where gleaming with the setting sun one burnished sheet of living gold loch catrin lay beneath him rolled in all her length far winding lay with promontory creek and bay and islands that empurpled bright floated amid the livelier light and mountains that like giants stand to sentinel enchanted land high on the south huge benvenue down to the lake in masses through crags knolls and mounds confusedly hurled the fragments of an earlier world 
a wildering forest feathered o'er his ruined sides and summit hoar while on the north through middle air benan heaved high his forehead bare fifteen from the steep promontory gazed the stranger raptured and amazed and what a scene were here he cried for princely pomp or churchman's pride on this bold brow a lordly tower in that soft vale a lady's bower on yonder meadow far away the turrets of a cloister gray how blithely might the bugle-horn chide on the lake the lingering morn how sweet at eve the lover's lute chime when the groves were still and mute and when the midnight moon should lave her forehead in the silver wave how solemn on the ear would come the holy matin's distant hum while the deep peal's commanding tone should wake in yonder islet lone a sainted hermit from his cell to drop a bead with every knell and bugle lute and bell and all should each bewildered stranger call to friendly feast and lighted hall sixteen blithe were it then to wander here but now beshrew yon nimble deer like that same hermit's thin and spare the copse must give my evening fare some mossy bank my couch must be some rustling oak my canopy yet pass we that the war and chase give little choice of resting-place a summer night in greenwood spent were but to-morrow's merriment but hosts may in these wilds abound such as are better missed than found to meet with highland plunderers here were worse than loss of steed or deer i am alone my bugle strain may call some straggler of the train or fall the worst that may betide ere now this falchion has been tried seventeen but scarce again his horn he wound when lo forth starting at the sound from underneath an aged oak that slanted from the islet rock a damsel guider of its way a little skiff shot to the bay that round the promontory steep led its deep line in graceful sweep eddying in almost viewless wave the weeping willow twig to rave and kiss with whispering sound and slow the beach of pebbles bright as snow the boat had touched this silver strand just as the hunter left his stand and stood concealed amid the brake to view this lady of the lake the maiden paused as if again she thought to catch the distant strain with head upraised and look intent and eye and ear attentive bent and locks flung back and lips apart like monument of grecian art in listening mood she seemed to stand the guardian naiad of the strand eighteen and ne'er did grecian chisel trace a nymph a naiad or a grace of finer form or lovelier face what though the sun with ardent frown had slightly tinged her cheek with brown the sport of toil which short and light had dyed her glowing hue so bright 
served too in hastier swell to show short glimpses of a breast of snow what though no rule of courtly grace to measured mood had trained her pace a foot more light a step more true ne'er from the heath-flower dashed the dew e'en the slight harebell raised its head elastic from her airy tread what though upon her speech there hung the accents of the mountain tongue those silver sounds so soft so dear the listener held his breath to hear nineteen a chieftain's daughter seemed the maid her satin snood her silken plaid her golden brooch such birth betrayed and seldom was a snood amid such wild luxuriant ringlets hid whose glossy black to shame might bring the plumage of the raven's wing and seldom o'er a breast so fair mantled a plaid with modest care and never broached the folds combined above a heart more good and kind her kindness and her worth to spy you need but gaze on ellen's eye not katrine in her mirror blue gives back the shaggy banks more true than every free-born glance confessed the guileless movements of her breast whether joy danced in her dark eye or woe or pity claimed a sigh or filial love was glowing there or meek devotion poured a prayer or tale of injury called forth the indignant spirit of the north one only passion unrevealed with maiden pride the maid concealed yet not less purely felt the flame oh need i tell that passion's name twenty impatient of the silent horn now on the gale her voice was borne father she cried the rocks around loved to prolong the gentle sound a while she paused no answer came malcolm was thine the blast the name less resolutely uttered fell the echoes could not catch the swell a stranger i the huntsman said advancing from the hazel shade the maid alarmed with hasty oar pushed her light shallop from the shore and when a space was gained between closer she drew her bosom's screen so forth the startled swan would swing so turn to prune his ruffled wing then safe though fluttered and amazed she paused and on the stranger gazed not his the form nor his the eye that youthful maidens want to fly twenty one on his bold visage middle age had slightly pressed its signet sage yet had not quenched the open truth and fiery vehemence of youth forward and frolic glee was there the will to do the soul to dare the sparkling glance soon blown to fire of hasty love or headlong ire his limbs were cast in manly could for hardy sports or contest bold and though in peaceful garb arrayed and weaponless except his blade his stately mien as well implied a high-born heart a martial pride 
as if a baron's crest he wore and sheathed in armour bowed the shore slighting the petty need he showed he told of his benighted road his ready speech flowed fair and free in phrase of gentlest courtesy yet seemed that tone and gesture bland less used to sue than to command twenty two a while the maid the stranger eyed and reassured at length replied that highland halls were open still to wildered wanderers of the hill nor think you unexpected come to yon lone isle our desert home before the heath had lost the dew this morn a couch was pulled for you on yonder mountain's purple head have ptarmigan and heathcock bled and our broad nets have swept the mere to furnish forth your evening cheer now by the rood my lovely maid your courtesy has erred he said no right have i to claim misplaced the welcome of expected guest a wanderer here by fortune toss my way my friends my courser lost i ne'er before believe me fair have ever drawn your mountain air till on this lake's romantic strand i found a fay in fairyland twenty three i well believe the maid replied as her light skiff approached the side i well believe that ne'er before your foot has trod loch catrin's shore but yet as far as yesternight old allan bane foretold your plight a grey-haired sire whose eye intent was on the visioned future bent he saw your steed a dappled grey lie dead beneath the birchen way painted exact your form and mien your hunting suit of lincoln green that tasselled horn so gaily gilt that falchion's crooked blade and hilt that cap with heron plumage trim and yon two hounds so dark and grim he bade that all should ready be to grace a guest of fair degree but light i held his prophecy and deemed it was my father's horn whose echoes o'er the lake were born twenty four the stranger smiled since to your home a destined errant knight i come announced by prophet sooth and old doomed doubtless for achievement bold i'll lightly front each high emprise for one kind glance of those bright eyes permit me first the task to guide your fairy frigate o'er the tide the maid with smile suppressed and sly the toil unwanted saw him try for seldom sure if e'er before his noble hand had grasped an oar yet with main strength his strokes he drew and o'er the lake the shallop flew with heads erect and whimpering cry the hounds behind their passage ply nor frequent does the bright oar break the darkening mirror of the lake until the rocky isle they reach and moor their shallop on the beach twenty five the stranger viewed the shore around twas all so close with copsewood bound nor track nor pathway might declare that human foot frequented there 
until the mountain maiden showed a clambering unsuspected road that winded through the tangled screen and opened on a narrow green where weeping birch and willow round with their long fibres swept the ground here for retreat in dangerous hour some chief had framed a rustic bower twenty six it was a lodge of ample size but strange of structure and device of such materials as around the workman's hand had readiest found lopped of their boughs their hoar trunks bared and by the hatchet rudely squared to give the walls their destined height the sturdy oak and ash unite while moss and clay and leaves combined to fence each crevice from the wind the lighter pine trees overhead their slender length for rafters spread and withered heath and rushes dry supplied a russet canopy due westward fronting to the green a rural portico was seen aloft on native pillars borne of mountain fir with bark unshorn where ellen's hand had taught to twine the ivy and idaean vine the clematis the favoured flower which boasts the name of virgin bower and every hardy plant could bear loch catrin's keen and searching air an instant in this porch she stayed and gaily to the stranger said on heaven and on thy lady call and enter the enchanted hall twenty seven my hope my heaven my trust must be my gentle guide in following thee he crossed the threshold and a clang of angry steel that instant rang to his bold brow his spirit rushed but soon for vain alarm he blushed when on the floor he saw displayed cause of the din a naked blade dropped from the sheath that careless flung upon a stag's huge antlers swung for all around the walls to grace hung trophies of the fight or chase a target here a bugle there a battle-axe a hunting spear and broadswords bows and arrows store with the tusked trophies of the boar here grins the wolf as when he died and there the wild cat's brindled hide the frontlet of the elk adorns or mantles o'er the bison's horns pennons and flags defaced and stained that blackening streaks of blood retained and deerskins dappled dun and white with otter's fur and seals unite in rude and uncouth tapestry all to garnish forth the sylvan hall twenty eight the wondering stranger round him gazed and next the fallen weapon raised few were the arms whose sinewy strength sufficed to stretch it forth at length and as the brand he poised and swayed i never knew but one he said whose stalwart arm might brook to wield a blade like this in battlefield she sighed then smiled and took the word you see the guardian champion's sword as light it trembles in his hand as in my grasp a hazel wand my sire's tall form might grace the part of ferragus or ascobart 
but in the absent giants hold are women now and menials old twenty nine the mistress of the mansion came mature of age a graceful dame whose easy step and stately port had well become a princely court to whom though more than kindred knew young ellen gave a mother's due meet welcome to her guest she made and every courteous rite was paid that hospitality could claim though all unasked his birth and name such then the reverence to a guest that fellest foe might join the feast and from his deadliest foeman's door unquestioned turned the banquet o'er at length his rank the stranger names the knight of snowdon james fitz james lord of a barren heritage which his brave sires from age to age by their good swords had held with toil his sire had fallen in such turmoil and he god wot was forced to stand oft for his right with blade in hand this morning with lord moray's train he chased a stalwart stag in vain outstripped his comrades missed the deer lost his good steed and wandered here thirty fain would the knight in turn require the name and state of ellen's sire well showed the elder lady's mien that courts and cities she had seen ellen though more her looks displayed the simple grace of sylvan maid in speech and gesture form and face showed she was come of gentle race twere strange in ruder rank to find such looks such manners and such mind each hint the knight of snowdon gave dame margaret heard with silence grave or ellen innocently gay turned all inquiry light away weird women we by dale and down we dwell afar from tower and town we stem the flood we ride the blast on wandering nights our spells we cast while viewless minstrels touch the string tis thus our charmed rhymes we sing she sung and still a harp unseen filled up the symphony between thirty one song soldier rest thy warfare o'er sleep the sleep that knows not breaking dream of battled fields no more days of danger nights of waking in our isle's enchanted hall hands unseen thy couch are strewing fairy strains of music fall every sense in slumber dewing soldier rest thy warfare o'er dream of fighting fields no more sleep the sleep that knows not breaking morn of toil nor night of waking no rude sound shall reach thine ear armor's clang or war-steed champing trump nor pibroch summon here mustering clan or squadron tramping yet the lark's shrill fife may come at the daybreak from the fallow and the bittern sound his drum booming from the sedgy shallow ruder sounds shall none be near guards nor warders challenge here hears no war-steeds neigh and champing 
shouting clans or squadrons stamping thirty two she paused then blushing led the lay to grace the stranger of the day her mellow notes awhile prolong the cadence of the flowing song till to her lips in measured frame the minstrel verse spontaneous came song continued huntsman rest thy chase is done while our slumbrous spells assail ye dream not with the rising sun bugles here shall sound reveille sleep the deer is in his den sleep thy hounds are by thee lying sleep nor dream in yonder glen how thy gallant steed lay dying huntsman rest thy chase is done think not of the rising sun for at dawning to assail ye here no bugles sound reveille thirty three the hall was cleared the stranger's bed was there of mountain heather spread where oft a hundred guests had lain and dreamed their forest sports again but vainly did the heath flower shed its moorland fragrance round his head not ellen's spell had lulled to rest the fever of his troubled breast in broken dreams the image rose of varied perils pains and woes his steed now flounders in the brake now sinks his barge upon the lake now leader of a broken host his standard falls his honour lost then from my couch may heavenly might chase that worst phantom of the night again returned the scenes of youth of confident undoubting truth again his soul he interchanged with friends whose hearts were long estranged they come in dim procession led the cold the faithless and the dead as warm each hand each brow as gay as if they parted yesterday and doubt distracts him at the view oh were his senses false or true dreamed he of death or broken vow or is it all a vision now thirty four at length with ellen in a grove he seemed to walk and speak of love she listened with a blush and sigh his suit was warm his hopes were high he sought her yielded hand to clasp and a cold gauntlet met his grasp the phantom's sex was changed and gone upon its head a helmet shone slowly enlarged to giant size with darkened cheek and threatening eyes the grisly visage stern and hoar to ellen still a likeness bore he woke and panting with affright recalled the vision of the night the hearth's decaying brands were red and deep and dusky lustre shed half showing half concealing all the uncouth trophies of the hall mid those the stranger fixed his eye where that huge falcon hung on high and thoughts on thoughts a countless throng rushed chasing countless thoughts along until the giddy whirl to cure he rose and sought the moonshine pure thirty five 
the wild rose eglantine and broom wasted around their rich perfume the birch trees wept in fragrant balm the aspens slept beneath the calm the silver light with quivering glance played on the water's still expanse wild were the heart whose passion's sway could rage beneath the sober ray he felt its calm that warrior guest while thus he communed with his breast why is it at each turn i trace some memory of that exiled race can i not mountain maiden spy but she must bear the douglas eye can i not view a highland brand but it must match the douglas hand can i not frame a fevered dream but still the douglas is the theme i'll dream no more by manly mind not even in sleep is will resigned my midnight orisons said o'er i'll turn to rest and dream no more his midnight orisons he told a prayer with every bead of gold consigned to heaven his cares and woes and sunk in undisturbed repose until the heathcock shrilly crew and morning dawned on ben venue end of section one